Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Welcome on into the baseball insiders on this beautiful Thursday. It's still beautiful, although the lights of the baseball sky have been dimmed a little bit. Uh, pretty eventful 2 a.m. hour on the East Coast overnight, where we all learn that Shohei Otani, the prize of the game of baseball, as well as this year's upcoming free agency frenzy, has now been dinged by a torn UCL surgery still on the table. No determination there yet. But to break it all down, we've got our trusty, as always, Robert Murray on with us today to talk about the complications, as well as have a little fun with some up-to-date power rankings. We were going to have more fun today before uh, the world exploded, but we can do both. Oh, well, we'll definitely have some fun, but I'll tell you that Shoei Otani injury is not fun. That... Uh... I went to bed last night thinking it was going to be pretty uneventful with scrolling through Twitter. And all of a sudden, next thing I know, Perry Manassian ends up announcing that Shohei Otani has a torn UCL. And that threw a wrench in the Angels this season, which was already spiraling down, like just not good. Um, and then you automatically think to what kind of impact it's going to have on his free agency. And I'm, I got plenty of insight on that. Uh, but Adam, always, always a pleasure to be here with you, my friend. Yeah, we're going to get way into it real quick. Thanks for kicking it back. Before we get into the good stuff, uh, and again, this was a huge week. Uh, we got Pete Alonzo, Brewers rumors, the White Sox clean house, the Yankees GM Brian Cashman calls their season a disaster. So much meat on the bone even before the Shohei Otani news comes out, but that changes the calculus of our next several months of podcasts. This will not be the next last time you hear from us. Ano Tani, and this show is sponsored by DraftKings. The promo is Baseball Insider. If you have not signed up for DraftKings yet, if you're a new user and you sign up with that code Baseball Insider, you can receive $150 in bonus bets instantly after following just three steps. You can create an account, deposit some money in there, then wager your $5 or more on any sport. Whether your first wager wins or loses, you will still receive the $150 in bonus bets. All you have to do is use that code BASEBALLINSIDER at sign up. It gets you the bonus. It also supports the show. If you are considering signing up for DraftKings, use that code BASEBALLINSIDER to maximize your first bets. This offer is available for new customers who are 21 plus physically present legal gambling states. Please remember to always gamble responsibly. Check the episode description for the full terms of the offer. And also, if you're interested in supporting the show in another way, you already got a DraftKings account. You want to figure out how to do it. Become a member with us on YouTube. Join the Discord, just 99 cents a month. The offseason has begun for plenty of teams in August. 
it will begin in earnest for the rest of them in just a couple of months down the line. And if you're in there in the Discord room with us, with Robert and I first, you get to hear the chatter, you get to inspire the show, you get to keep the conversation going when we go off the air. That said, we appreciate everybody who's joined us today live on YouTube regardless. And, uh, I mean, you <laughs> look... Stuff keeps breaking minutes before we're going on air. Uh, Steven Strasberg has reportedly called it quits. Got a press conference scheduled for September 9th. We'll pay proper tribute to him before we sign off. But obviously, we have to start with as much Otani detail as we can get out. Um, a lot of people wondering, shut down from pitching for the rest of the season, of course. We don't know if he needs a second Tommy John procedure though it feels like teams are going to have to prepare for that to be the case. Masahiro Tanaka pitched through a partially torn UCL from 2014 to 2020. We don't know the extent of this tear. No one has seen the MRI. Something tells me that it might be a while before we learn the details, considering how tenuous his baseball future is at this point, with millions upon millions hanging in the balance. Um, let's just start from a baseline. This blows... Oh, it does blow. Uh, that is, it's not good. Um, and for whatever it's worth, Otani is still going to continue to bat while he like decides what to do and also uh, waits for the MRI results. That's according to Alden Gonzalez of ESPN. I have not independently confirmed that, uh, but that's what Alden says, and he's very connected and with that organization, so I trust him wholeheartedly. Um but as far as Otani, you see all these different things about what this means for his free agency. And a lot of it has been doomsday and people saying it's costing him 100 to $200 million. I'm not ready to say that quite yet. I think Otani is still in line for at least $500 million. And my reasoning is this, is you look at Aaron Judge's contract from this past year Nine years for $360 million, so that's $40 million a year. That is the absolute floor for Otani as a hitter. And Judge turned down significantly more elsewhere from the San Diego Padres, who offered him north, like a, a decent amount north of $400 million. I don't have the exact number, but I know it was north of four hundred. And Otani should at least get north of $400 million as a hitter. And... If he, uh, if he does undergo Tommy John surgery and misses next year as a pitcher, obviously like it takes one year away from him as a pitcher under that contract. But but he will be a pitcher. He will be a starting pitcher after that year. And maybe he doesn't end that contract as a starting pitcher. Maybe he can end up being an elite closer. Maybe he can end up being in a different role. And that's still extremely valuable. Um, obviously having two or possibly undergoing two Tommy John surgeries is not great, but we've seen recent history of Nathan Evaldi has bounced back. I know he's been dealing with injuries this year, but, uh, he was really effective with Texas looked like one of the better free agent deals of the, of the off season. Uh, Cole Reagans has been another one, um, who has bounced back from that too. Um, and there's been other pitchers as well. So I think, and Jamison Tyone is another one who's a pretty high profile guy. So I think, Otani is going to be okay. I am not worried about that at all. As far as that contract, it may not get to the 600 million number that many people expected. Like that was a number that I heard a lot more buzz about in recent weeks and recent months. It's like it could possibly top 600 mil. I think maybe that takes this up or takes that out of the equation, but 
it will absolutely be north of 500 million. I'm, I'm pretty confident about that. Well, I am curious uh, about a million things, obviously. <laughs> yeah. the, the future the future of Shohei Otani. I mean, Ken Rosenthal made a, a great point in his column this morning that a lot of people are sort of ruling out Otani the pitcher just because of the shock value of, of this you know, occurrence. But you're right. You just rattled off a list of names. I think Walker Bueller of the Dodgers is trying to come back from his second Tommy John right now, and people yeah. don't seem to be nearly as concerned. Like People are treating that like a formality, but they won't treat Otani the same way just because he is such a unicorn and he is due so much money and they are scared. But plenty of, of people have come back and pitched with that, you know, second Tommy John limitation. Plenty of them have come back and looked great. Obviously, the percentage of people who've recovered from number two decreases based on the almost 100% success rate of people coming back from surgery number one. But it's possible. So ruling out Otani the pitcher forever feels pretty premature at this point. And the offensive value is through the roof as long as he comes back and is Shohei Otani the number one offensive force in the game right now. Yeah. As a full-time DH, though. So does that change if he is maybe not a starting pitcher long term? Do they look into first base? Can he play the outfield? Are there other options for Otani if, you know, you don't want him clogging up the DH spot on a 10-year contract and not pitching for the better part of a decade? Yeah, I think that's a very fair question. Is like you can look at him playing a different position in the field. You can look at, as you said, first base. You can look in the outfield. Um, and as even if he does continue to pitch, like being creative, like later on in that contract becomes a very serious option. And, and like another reason too, like, like, cause he can play all those positions that he can play them effectively. But another reason or reasons why he'll end up getting that contract that people are kind of questioning right now is look at how marketable Shohei Otani is. Like you sign Otani, you instantly become more marketable. You have the most marketable player in baseball you're going to end up selling a lot of ads buying whole plates to to japanese companies um you're going to have um like he's when you sign him you're going to sell all your season tickets just like that like he's he's that kind of player he's a generational player and i think a lot of these teams are certainly going to take that into account um so i there's so many reasons why he'll get that contract. I know the Tommy John surgery. That's or if actually if he undergoes Tommy John surgery, that obviously like that's, that's a huge damper. Um, and that, that hurts, but he's going to have a long list of suitors. And as somebody told me earlier today, about an hour ago, if somebody bows out of the Shohei Otani sweepstakes now, because of this, they're going to end up looking really dumb before too long. Obviously, not something you want a surgery that you don't want to hear floated. Yeah. But he, as an offensive player, it's usually very difficult for offensive players to just even get in the mindset of, I have to come back from Tommy John. Like D Gregorius took a while. Aaron Hicks, like it's a, it's a strange surgery for an offensive player to have to rehabilitate from. He's already done it. So mm-hmm. he knows what it takes as a lefty slugger to bounce back from UCL reconstruction if he has to do it again. That is a slight advantage in this whole very difficult to parse out conundrum. Oh, it absolutely does. And like the fact that he's going to have to deal with this and navigate it for a second time is that's a really difficult thing. And like that's never been done for 
I mean, a hitter slash pitcher. I mean, we've never seen, um, well, we've never seen that before in baseball. And it's just, there's a lot of unknown, um, especially with when it comes to that injury. Um, but that being said is that the market for Otani is going to be massive in the offseason. I don't think that changes anything. Maybe teams ask some different questions, um, but he'll be, he'll be just fine. Uh, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm extremely curious to see where he ends up and what that number is going to look like. Cause I I'm, I'm thinking it starts with a five, just don't know how much further it goes, but um, yeah, I will, I will say though, uh, this injury definitely hurts baseball for the rest of this year. Not having Otani on the field. Well, possibly not having Otani on the field um, as a pitcher and maybe even as a hitter once they determine what the next course of action is. Um, that sucks. Considering he's already probably cinched up that MVP too. It's going to be a very odd late August and September for a lot of us. Before we move along, just the natural next step is all right, the floor is probably still pretty high for this contract, but you just mentioned the Padres, who we know were interested in Otani, had that $400-plus million ready for Aaron Judge last year. Like, I don't know if this is going to lower the contract to the point where it becomes palatable for these teams that are lower tier or mid-tier or stuck in the middle, but as obviously a burner is mentioning, I've got my eyes on the angels. Now the place where he is comfortable, the place he's already been, if he's going to undergo a rehab, does he open his eyes back to them? If he hasn't been looking their way, the Padres, obviously were always going to be involved. Do they pursue even heavier now that they know the Dodgers are going to be uncertain. The Dodgers thought presumably that Otani was the long-term solution at the top of their rotation. If he needs the procedure and Walker Bueller just got his second Tommy John, that's a lot of uncertainty for a team that is pretty careful about these kinds of things. So we don't know. And it's it's tough to project like, oh, man, his values in the toilet. Now the Brewers and Reds have to get in on Otani. Like you can't go that far, but you'd have to think that the pool of teams opens up just a little bit beyond that absolute top tier where you and I for months have just been kind of going back and forth going. Yeah, the Dodgers really want him. Like now we have to consider alternative options. Oh, I, I think that's absolutely right. I think there's going to be uh, more teams that are going to be in on Otani or at least have a better shot at him. Um, but that being said, it's like you made a really good point about the Dodgers and especially with Walker Buehler coming back uh, from his second Tommy John surgery. Do they want to have that risk in their rotation? Obviously, like the uh, having or adding Otani to that lineup would be absolutely bonkers uh, i think that'd be um i think that would be a just an extremely exciting thing even with even with the torn ucl um that being said like i still think it's going to end up being the big market teams that are ultimately going to end up being the ones um that that like are in i still struggle to see the possibly f- like the fit between otani and the mets i know with the mets um eyeing to compete in 2025 like that didn't really seem like a thing Otani would try to do, especially as he wants to win. He's clear. He's made that abundantly clear. Um, and I still don't think that's going to end up being a fit, but if you look at the Dodgers, I think the team that kind of gets slept on here is the San Francisco giants. Um, that is a team that makes a whole lot of sense. They have plenty of money to spend. Uh, they tried for Carlos Correa and Aaron judge last year, swung and missed Got a lot of money left over. You can't rule them out. I will say this, Adam, I will say this, the Texas Rangers, they are loaded 
well, they have they have a they have a good amount of pitching. They have they have Scherzer. They well, Jordan Montgomery is a free agent at the end of the year, but they have Nathan Eovaldi. They have other guys on their on their roster too. They can afford to take the risk of well, I shouldn't say a risk. Well, there is always a risk in every deal, I should say, but like they can afford to sign Otani, be patient with him, and have him sit on next year as a pitcher, but have him in the field as a hitter. I wonder, like that to me, I think Texas is the sleeper for Otani. That's my guess. Um, that's not sourced information or anything, but I think that is a team that makes a whole lot of sense, and that should be kept a very close eye on when it comes to Otani in the free agent market. Obviously a burner. I, I was looking at the Rays a little bit too, but before you even chimed in on this, just knowing, hey, you know, they were involved on Freddie Freeman. They wanted us all to know that. They were involved on the Otani deadline deal that never happened. They wanted us to know that. There's room. Yeah. I will say this, you know, like, because I'm glad you mentioned that Freeman with, uh, or Freddie Freeman pursuit from the Rays a couple years ago. That. I have had that independently confirmed was extremely legitimate. Like they were absolutely in on Freeman. Uh, that was not just some like some public smoke. That was a real thing. Yeah. So potentially they're still looking for that opportunity to make that major play. It's only funny until it actually happens. Like all oh, the Rays aren't serious until they are. So um, you can't rule it out. And, and if they're going to be contending annually, Maybe they finally want to make that all-in move at some point, and perhaps this Otani chase gives them the opportunity to do so. All I know for sure is, I mean, honestly, it's it's devastating news. It changes yeah. the calculus, but it makes the offseason a level or two or three more interesting than it did when it was, hey, this deal is going to be astronomical. The Dodgers want him. They're motivated. Let's just kick this to the finish line already. Now there are so many more factors at play. Oh, there absolutely is. And I mean, Otani is going to dominate the offseason discussion. I mean, there's the hitting market is is next to nothing. But you look at the pitching market and you have um, you have Otani. Well, I'm, I'll, I'll put Otani in there. Uh, you have Otani. You have Lucas Giolito. You have Jordan Montgomery. You have Jack Flaherty. You have Michael Lorenzen. You have a lot of these different guys. Um, there's there is. I'll tell you, there's there's a lot of talent on the pitching side and obviously having Otani available. Um, it's, this is going to be one of probably one of the more fascinating off seasons. And I think could be the most fascinating one since uh, what was it? The Garrett Cole or Steven Strasburg. Is that Strasburg and yeah. Cole? Same. Yeah. yeah. One, two Cole Strasburg, Rendon, like the nationals somehow had to make a tough call there and it would have been wrong no matter what they had done. Very, very fun off season. Yeah. I'll tell you that was, that was a, uh, that was an interesting one. That was, I believe that was a winter meetings in, in San Diego. And I was next to John Heyman for when he broke both of those signings. I was talking to him in the middle of the lobby. All of a sudden he, he looked down at his phone. I was like, Oh, and I was like, what do you got? And he just didn't answer me. And then I, I got the tweet notification <laughs> that Karen Cole and Strasburg were, were going. And um, it was just like, Whoa. And I'll tell you, I've had some pretty cool winter meetings experiences. That was definitely one of them up there. And uh, he played it off nonchalant like the pro that that John is. Of course. And, you know, he'll do it again if he's able to break uh, the big old Otani scoop this offseason. 
Uh, man, this is not going to be the last episode that is dominated by Otani chatter, but we have a lot of fun stuff to wrap the show with before we, you know, just, it's, it's not all sad. It's not all bad. It's not all uh, centered around one man. Um, and I wanted to do our, uh, I wanted to have some power rankings chat as we head into September. I pulled them together. Uh, I thought this was, this was suggested last show felt like a fun exercise, felt like the right time. Of course, the world exploded between then and now. Um, but I still figured I'd pull it together. We'll pull it together again in September. We'll look at where we're at. We'll reevaluate when we have to. I am going to make an adjustment to my top 10 on the fly. Uh, and I apologize. Only obviously only Robert has seen these before going live. Um, I'm only making one change and I'll, I'll be transparent. I'll tell everyone what the change is. I, the Blue Jays ranked 10th. I'm booting them off. Now that I'm watching the Red Sox kick the Astros ass today, Red Sox get the 10 spot. For me, doesn't necessarily mean I think they're a playoff team, but I do believe right now they belong in the conversation over the Blue Jays who have not shown the offensive consistency that they claim they are capable of. Uh, And last night's loss to the Orioles was as feckless as it gets. So the Red Sox and Blue Jays both out of the playoff picture right now. I think the Red Sox deserve more plaudits than Toronto. After that, I go Milwaukee nine, Tampa Bay eight. The Houston Astros seven, and they are sliding after the way they've concluded this series. The Philly six, the Rangers five, the red hot Seattle Mariners four, not holding yesterday's loss to the White Sox against them. The Orioles three, the Dodgers two, and the Atlanta Braves one. Though, if you are listening to me, list those off and you say, okay, great, but who do you think can actually win the World Series? I'm bumping the Phillies up over the Rangers, Mariners, and Orioles to the three spot. I'm sorry, but I'm actually not sorry. I'm honestly, I'm right there with you. I think in, in terms of your power rankings, I would have the Phillies and, and the, um, the Phillies and the Rangers flip flopped. I think that's the only change that I would make. But I will say it is good to finally have you aboard the Philadelphia Phillies train. I know we both started there at the start of the year. Um, but there was some obviously pretty shaky. But after I'll tell you the standing ovation, it changed the Phillies' juju, uh, and especially Trey, Trey Turner's juju. That team has been completely different. Um, I think the Phillies are they're going to end up being the Braves' biggest competition in the National League, even over the Dodgers, even over the Brewers. I think the Phillies are a really scary team, and they are built to win in October, and it's going to be. That that to me, oh man, I, I I would not be surprised at all if the Phillies won the World Series. They they have the feel. They have the feel. I would not be shocked, and I also there as the four seed right now in the wild card bracket. If they win that first little best two out of three, they're probably going to get the Atlanta Braves in the first d- division series round again and have the opportunity to do to Atlanta exactly what they did to them last year. So that's. You know, if you I, I think you you can't knock Atlanta off the pedestal as the number one team in Major League Baseball right yep. now. But that's I'm not guaranteeing that they escape the first best of five round of the postseason this year. No, I'll I'll tell you, if they end up doing that same thing again to the Braves where they knock them out in the first round like that, that would be. Oh, my goodness gracious, the, the poor Braves, because I mean, you look at them right now, they're clearly they, they're clearly the best team in baseball. Right. I mean. Yeah, and they end up doing that again and getting knocked out from the, by the Phillies. Oh, my goodness gracious. Um, obviously, a lot of time left before uh, we get to that point. 
And things do happen, as we got to see yesterday with the Angels, who lost both Otani and Trout uh, for the foreseeable future. Um, not great. Um, although, the, as as I said before, Otani's still gonna gonna bat at least in the in the meantime. So uh, we haven't seen the last of them yet. Um, but man, oh man, the Phillies team I'm watching. And I wanted to move the Astros up alongside them as the team that obviously isn't as good as the top five or six right now, but that you can't count out. I still can't kill them. But this Astros Red Sox series gave us pretty much everything that we predicted it would on the Monday show. Like opportunity for one of these teams to bury either the Astros to bury the Red Sox or the Red Sox to make a real statement and go take three out of four or even sweep. The pitching matchups, I mean, Urquidy was starting one of these games, not exactly scorching hot. The Red Sox take the first one. Maybe they're able to flip the script and zoom up the standings. Hilariously, Sox take a 3-0 lead in the first game, the first inning of the first game, and you're like, here we go. They blow that. They lose that game. Astros run away 9-4. Verlander beats the Red Sox in the second game. Astros take the first two. Suddenly the script is flipped. Astros take a 3-0 lead in the third game of the series, and they blow it. And today the Red Sox were up when this podcast started 11-0 in the third inning. So that's going to be a split. We're going to net out basically right where we were when we started, but each team took a little piece of the other one. Like Astros fully had a chance to take control yesterday. They failed. Sox could have really established themselves. Instead, everybody kind of just treads water Either way, that is a rivalry. That is give and take. That is a, a very interesting relationship between those two teams. And at the end of it, the Astros may not have, you know, they shouldn't be embarrassed. They shouldn't, they're not yeah. sliding out of the playoff picture quite yet, but they certainly didn't get my stamp of approval as like, yep, same old Astros. You know, the Martin Maldonado talk did it. Eh, there's still some questions to be answered there. There's still plenty of questions to be answered there, but I I think you're exactly right. Is that the Red Sox and Astros have a bigger rivalry feel than the Red Sox and Yankees do, um, and that is kind of a crazy thing to even say. Um, but we're at the point now where the Yankees are bad enough that just doesn't feel like a rivalry right now. And um, I wonder if the the tensions between those two teams could rise a little bit more, especially after. Uh, Justin Verlander told Alex Cora to fuck off mm-hmm. um, that. Uh, sorry for the, uh, hopefully nobody's listening at work or at school. Yeah. Uh, no, no children allowed on the stream. So yeah, that uh, oops, uh, hopefully, hopefully my folks aren't watching that. That wouldn't be very good, but you, you guys get the idea. Um, yeah. That uh, that's, that's going to end up being a very interesting matchup here to follow, uh, especially the last six weeks of the season here for sure. Yeah, the Astros are hardly a cinch. If they uh, they, they will lose today, right? Like that, that's over. And then when they do, it'll be three and a half back. The Red Sox will be three and a half back of both the Mariners and Astros, but it'll be four in the loss column of Seattle, who's not active today. Technically, they'll be closer to Houston. So there you go. Yeah, there you go. And I, I obviously, Burner says that he got fired from work because of my language. Uh, if that is indeed true. Um, I, I'm very sorry. I'm hoping that's not true. That'd be a, be a quick fire. Um, yeah. yeah. So. If that was the case, I feel like he probably would have been fired for playing the podcast out loud at work. Like you could have said anything and he would have gotten canned regardless. No, exactly. Well, that makes me feel better. So yeah. well, ho- hopefully he didn't get canned. No, back to work for you. Everybody get, get focused, get back to work. Just a couple more fun squads to talk about before we sign off. 
the Milwaukee Brewers, I don't know who keeps leaking Mets rumors at inopportune times or at times when the Mets are, are maybe off the back pages for a couple of days. And then someone's like, eh, let's put some more Mets rumors out there. Like we, we've been too quiet for, for a few days. Um, Pete Alonso, we talked about his long-term future. We talked about the fact that he had not yet had the extension conversation in earnest with the Mets front office recently. Came out this week, the rumor that the Brewers pursued him pretty heavily at the deadline. Obviously, nothing materialized there, but are you hearing anything that confirms interest between those two sides? Yeah, that um, that was legit. Uh, the Brewers and Mets did have conversations that involved Pete Alonso possibly going to Milwaukee. And my sense is it never was like close, close. Um, but the sides absolutely did discuss it. And I, I, I've, I have it. It's really interesting here is the Brewers are usually extremely tight lipped when it comes to in-house stuff. They treat everything like it's we're at, we're at Fort Knox basically. And, I that's a rumor that I had heard from for quite a while, uh, at least dating back to the trade deadline that those two sides were talking. Um, and the Mets have absolutely no reason to leak that they have. Uh, they they traded away two of their biggest stars in Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander. And they have Pete Alonzo, who is their homegrown star. And they w- obviously want to keep him happy, especially as they're you know, going to attempt to extend him in the offseason. They have no reason to leak that. But the Brewers, on the other hand, uh, the Mets have obviously been very connected to David Stearns. And you wonder if there is a reason why that went out. Um, I don't know. That's just me spitballing. Um, But I'll tell you that uh, things that make you go, hmm, that's, that's about as well as I can put that one. Yeah, a little wind horse meme action there. What? What? Yeah, what is going on in Milwaukee and New York? Yeah, there we go. That's gonna hopefully it gets meme somewhere. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, if you can, if anybody can meme us, by the way, that that would be great. We re, somebody already left an Apple Podcast review about my glasses. Really appreciate that. But if you could keep the meme, oh yeah, somebody said uh, the best show as long as I wear my glasses. Which again, five, it came with a five stars, so can't there argue with that. But. Slightly, you know, hopefully you enjoyed today's episode, even though there, I, I literally didn't pack my glasses on this family vacation. Something that uh, I was also asked about. My mom was like, did you even pack your glasses? It was unrelated to the podcast. She was like, did you not even, you don't even pack them? I was like, I don't, I don't wear them that often. And it's true. I don't, but I'm, I'm not mad. I'm, I'm, I'm just disappointed. That's, yeah. that's what I can say. I got the shades. I got some really low quality shades, so they there don't serve go. the same purpose, but uh, you're, you guys are lucky. I'm not wearing those. Yeah, I'll tell you, that's when you would officially know you mean business. You always mean business, but if you rock the shades in the show, oh my goodness gracious. Yeah. Well, like, maybe, maybe Monday. I'll be back home. So Ooh, now we're talking. Now yeah. we're talking. One final thing that I it's been 30. Again, we, we could have let off any other show with this, but we decided yeah. you know, it's, it's Otani Day. Like we it's hey, we don't make the decisions. The the man makes the decisions for us. Uh the White Sox clean house earlier this week. Uh, Rick Hahn, Rick gone. Uh, Kenny Williams also out. Uh, the winds are blowing in a number of different directions. And uh, this was, question was asked early in the show. Of course, we, we're going to have to get to this. I don't know how we couldn't get to this. Uh, obviously, Bernie, I actually have no idea what my vision is. So not great for me. Um, but K- Kenny Williams, Rick Hahn gone. Uh, you got to wonder if a new era is going to start or if the next man in charge of the Chicago White Sox operation 
is internal. Um, are you hearing anything about what they're targeting, which direction they're planning on going? I mean, these guys had to go, but who replaces them? And can we really believe in change here? Yeah, I'll tell you with the White Sox, they're them firing Rick Hahn and Kenny Williams in season was caught me off guard just from the, the timing standpoint is those guys had been there long enough that I thought um, ownership there would end up like giving them the entire season and firing them after the season was over. Yeah. But clearly Jerry Reinsdorf thought now was the time to make a move and they want to make a new hire and have a new general manager in place before the end of the season. And Bob Nightingale of USA Today, who is extremely well-connected with the Chicago White Sox, said that Chris Getz, who is currently in their organization, a former player, um, is the favorite to be their general manager. And Dayton Moore, who is the former Kansas City Royals' general manager, um, and now with the Texas Rangers as a senior advisor, would join him in Chicago. Um, that is... I have absolutely no reason to doubt Bob, especially considering how good his sourcing is in Chicago. Um, but you wonder, and Jerry, Jerry Reinsdorf clearly wants to win. And he has clearly shown that he likes to have experienced guys. And you look at um, his, his hire of Tony La Russa. Um, that was about as out there as you could possibly imagine, but he had a relationship with La Russa. He likes veteran guys, and that's clearly led to speculation about David Stearns and like Theo Epstein. Um, I, that's that is very, 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 very likely not going to happen. And with either one of those guys, I think a guy like James Click makes a lot of sense there. Um, formerly of the Astros, of course. Uh, if they don't want to go with an experienced guy, I think Steve Sanders of the Pirates makes a whole lot of sense. He's went to school at Northwestern, considered a very up-and-coming executive. Um, I don't know if he's – I don't know if he'll be a candidate there, but he's somebody that a lot of teams um, think very highly of, and a lot of people who worked around him think extremely highly of him. And I'll tell you, I will tell you, Adam, let's say Jerry Reinsdorf does it again. Let's say he goes completely just out of the blue – goes for an experienced executive. I wonder if a guy like Brian Sabian, formerly of the Giants, who was the architect of their championship teams, could be an option. That is, I have not heard anything from the White Sox about that, but my industry buzz is that Sabian would like to run a team again. Um, I've, I've heard that from multiple people. And you wonder, if he wants an experienced guy, could you possibly go to Sabian? You never know. I would call it pretty unlikely. Uh, but with Reinsdorf, we could never count anything out. But as of right now, at least from Nightingale's reporting, it sure looks like it's Chris Getz's job to lose. Well, Sabian currently relearning the winning mindset in the New York Yankees front office under Brian Cashman. So he's definitely got get his training wheels off this year, and then maybe he'll go to Chicago, be able to show uh, be able to show all the cutting edge things he's learned uh, under under the Cash God this year. Um, poor Yankees. What a, what a bad year that has been. Holy smokes. Don't worry. Tommy Canley just blew today's uh, matinee against the Washington Nationals. The Yankees lost 6-5. They have not won a series against the not Royals in two plus months. Uh, so things are going just fine in New York. Honestly, would you rather be the Yankees or the White Sox? Um, probably the Yankees because they're the Yankees, but it's uh, it's pretty close.
Yeah, I'll tell you that uh, that season's about has been a big of a disaster as you could ever envision for the Yankees. I know we've said that a lot on the show, but <laughs> what the heck? Um, we'll keep saying it though. I mean, we'll we'll just continue to say it. It's yeah. That maybe we close every episode with that until the season's over. It's just yeah. yeah, colossal failure of a season, and that yeah. is putting it lightly. Swing and a miss, but not today's episode of the Baseball Insiders. I would call today a swing and some pretty solid contact. Uh, got a lot to go through and we got through it with ease, uh, but we would not have been able to uh, without you folks in the comments, egging us on, giving us motivation, helping us out, keeping us on, on topic. Most of the time, occasionally we just start talking about my vision and uh, you know, how well I see. But other than that, you guys keep us on task really well. Uh, DraftKings again is today's promo. Baseball Insider is the code. If you have not signed up for DraftKings yet, the full details of what you'll be able to get are in the description of this episode. Make sure that you are legal. Uh, you don't have to feel bad for the Yankees, and you shouldn't. I just have a, I'm having a bad time. Uh, that's all. It's all good. Um, the Discord is the place to find us in between episodes. Uh, we will be there. If you are not a member yet, we highly encourage you become one so that you have access to both Robert and myself. But who are we kidding? You probably want to probably want to go go talk to robert uh you can ask me no, questions too. talk to all of us yeah talk to all of us it's a i'll tell you it's i always enjoy the discord especially the conversations that we have with adam with all with all uh all you guys were in there uh, i know there's people who have even messaged me privately and they have been asking me different baseball questions i've been happy to answer them um so if you guys want to do that too um sign up for the discord i'll answer your questions exclusively or in the chat or whatever Good baseball talk. So please, uh, please do that because that puts food on my table. Uh, it allows me to eat, which I'm going to do after this podcast because I am starving. Yeah, I'm going out to the beach. It's my last day. Uh, my job is beach for one more day. I exit tomorrow. It's all good. Again, don't feel bad for me. I haven't. Summer's fun. It's fun to be in the summertime. It's been a good week. Uh, the Yankees don't define me anymore i talked to my therapist about it but robert murray we would not be able to do this show without you of course the chat everybody you're all essential joanne your production is essential uh we got through a biggie today and we'll be back monday in full force uh hopefully the newsmakers provide us more because uh, i mean i i can't get enough of this uh early offseason stuff yeah me too although i wish the news was a little bit better about otani but um great show today appreciate everybody for watching by the way it's means a lot um we'll have plenty for you on monday uh, when we do this again but adam thank you very very much good sir as as you like to say and i'll say it for you the show is not possible without you and joanne so thank you guys it's true we all make the show uh some of us uh you know uh, really actually make the show, Joanne, but we, we can't make the show without any of the elements goes into it. Stay with us next week. We'll have some guests for you coming up, hopefully, so stay tuned for that as well. Join us in that Discord. Keep the conversation going. Until next week's live episode, we will see you then. Bye, everybody. <laughs>